0: Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here, Aisha Tyler. Tron Coldquest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth
1: Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lewis. Hi, we're Haim. And you're listening to the Talk House Podcast.
2: Ow! What's
1: up? What is up? It's your host, Elliot Einhorn. Welcome back to the Talk House Podcast. On this week's show... We feature a conversation between Deftone's Chino Moreno and comedian slash musician Reggie Watts. To help me introduce this week's show, joining from the city of wind, the man, the myth, the legend, the executive editor on the line... It's Josh Modell, and I cannot
0: possibly live up to those titles,
1: but thank you. Well, you are at least an executive editor. Okay, I'll give you that. And a man. (laughs) Myths, legends, you know, to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Josh, welcome back to the show. You actually curated this pairing. Tell me how it came together. Well, it was one of those simple ones
0: where Deftones have a record coming out. They're kind of a legendary band whose stature has grown over the years.
1: Perhaps men myth legends, you would say? Uh,
0: Much more so than me, anyway. (laughs) We've floated to Stuccino, hey, who would you like to speak with? And Reggie was the first
1: name that came up. That's awesome. Now, I happen to have Reggie's number in my phone simply because we met at a festival back in 2012, But I ran into him again at The Lot Radio last year when Reggie came to hang out. We exchanged numbers, and though the pandemic has meant that we haven't actually hung out, I was able to just text him and say, Dude, you want to talk to Chino? And he said, I would do anything for Chino. (laughs) So here we are, the guys in conversation. Josh, tell us about Chino and Deftones, man. So Chino Moreno, obviously most people know as the lead singer and lyricist
0: of Deftones, who released their debut album 25 years ago. And more recently, their ninth studio album just this past September 25th. They're one of those bands that has crossed that line in critical and commercial success where, you know, I, I think when they were first out, they were kind of lumped in with a lot of kind of metal bands that maybe they didn't belong with. Even some of the new metal at the time,
1: right? I didn't, I, mean, I
0: didn't want to say it, but yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. But stuff that, looking back, it makes no sense that they would have been compared to.
0: Exactly. And their landmark album, White Pony, which came out 20 years ago in 2000, has kind of recently been re-embraced As the classic that it is
1: it's like deftones
0: and enya (laughs) deftones and enya (laughs) They, they should go on tour together i'd go to that chino's also stepped out in incredible musical ways with the band's team sleep crosses and palms he's got a lot of music
1: out there he does now back to deftones though because chino in this talk mentions a few of the guys i want to just let you know who they are chino's the singer and rhythm guitarist in the band Steven Carpenter is the insane lead guitar player. Frank Delgado plays keys and turntables. Sergio Vega plays bass. And Abe Cunningham rocks the drums. Remember those names. (laughs) I'll remember Sergio.
0: He's in Quicksand. Boom. Which is a band I like a lot. Josh, you want to share a track from the new record? Yeah, let's check out the title track from their latest album, Ohms. That's O-H-M-S, as in A Unit of Electrical Resistance.
1: I'm throwing the horns, Josh. I'm throwing the horns. You can't see me, but I am too. (laughs) You know who else I throw the horns to? Reggie fucking Watts. Reggie is an insanely versatile comedian and musician, perhaps most widely seen these days as the band leader on The Late Late Show with James Corden. In the earlier stages of his comedy career, Reggie gained renown for his beatboxing and improvisational looping technique, which influenced Chino quite a bit and comes up in this talk. Just this past February, Flying Lotus' Brainfeeder record label released Reggie's second album with the legendary John Tejada under their band name Wahada.
0: Yeah, let's check out the title track from their confusingly titled
1: second album, Don't Let Get You Down. (laughs) Let's do it.
0: That's awesome. Another unlikely pairing, Tejada and Reggie. Kind of like this sort of unlikely pairing on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's cool. These guys get into a lot. I would say, Josh, that Chino has been influenced by Reggie in two main ways. One, musically, and that sort of covers the first half of the podcast. Second half, which I had no idea about, bikes, as in bicycles. These guys are deep bike nerds, and the second half of the show is... uh Very
0: serious bike talk. Yeah, we might have to start a spinoff podcast starring Reggie and Chino just talking about bikes because
1: they get in (laughs) deep. They really do, man. Over the course of their time together, the guys take in the making of the new Deftones record and filming music videos in the time of COVID. Yeah, they talk about the
0: ups and downs of their long-term collaborations and also their very different writing and recording approaches as
1: well. Gino was in his home studio outside Portland, and Reggie was in his house in LA, as you can hear a little bit, wandering around, eating and drinking, and recording his side of the talk on the black mirror that we all call our phones. Get ready to take in a quarter century of band history in about 30 minutes. Should we roll the tape? Yeah, man, let's hear it. So how you been?
2: Oh, man, you know, it's been a roller coaster, but, uh... You know, mostly, mostly good. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way.
3: I mean, you know, yeah. Aside from, from Earth itself, yeah. I mean, actually, not the Earth
2: itself, yeah. but the people on the people on it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the Earth doesn't really care.
3: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's been a, quite a while. I'm trying to think earlier about what year it was when we spent that time together in Australia. Um, I think it was two
2: thousand twelve or something like
3: that. Or yeah, I think, I think that's the last time that I. I've seen you in 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 person, so um, yeah. But I, but but I've seen you a lot, like uh, on the television and everywhere since then. So uh, feels like it hasn't been that long, just because I
2: I get to, I get to
3: see you a lot <laughs> that,
2: way, that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I've been hearing a lot about the the album and so forth. I've been I've been rocking it, so it's been really nice.
3: Right on. Right on. Yeah. It's it's a, tri- it's a trip, man. You know, like after all these years, whatever it's thirty plus years, I guess, since we started playing in Stefan's garage, like. Making noise in there, kinda still many years later, still making noise and um and being able to put out <laughs> records is kind it's kinda crazy.
2: I know. It's uh you know, it's cool. It's it it goes as long as, as the connection remains, you know. Yeah, for sure. The single that you guys released, I was like, wow, this is cool. This is just like still the same spirit, you know. And uh right on. it's always like a nice comfort, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, things are gonna be nice and destructive that's good
3: yeah you got i, I think i mean you, you got a pretty good chance to like hang with like all of us kind of individually correct i mean i, I kind yeah. of remember like we had a lot of times where we sat backstage or whatever we all talked and it's pretty funny yeah. just i always wonder what other people's perspectives are when they hang out us, because like you know i think we're all you know as close we are as friends and whatever but like like we're all like a little different you know especially like you know stefan he's a character i get a kick out of him He's yeah. definitely a little out there sometimes. And um, yeah. I've known him since you know basically I, I was 10 years old, I think, when i when we met. Uh, he lived, he lived wow. up the street for he lived up the street from me. He was like the rocker dude in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? He um we all skateboarded and stuff, but he was like the one guy who had like long hair. Yeah. And uh and would sit on his yeah. porch and, and play his guitar and, and uh, you know, he'd go into his room and he had like YNT posters up in like all kinds of like, you know, like he was a straight rocker. Yeah. Um, it's it just funny. I was just thinking like his, you know, how much it's like it's changed but not really he's still like you know it's like still that that vibe he's still like the the rocker now it's just like more extreme rock but it's pretty funny like just to think like back that many years ago and and like see how everybody's sort of like grown up but kind of not kind of the
2: same you know in their own way yeah yeah i know it's like you know when you when you have like a crew especially i mean you've been making art together for a long time which is you know different than like if you were just like hanging out with your school buddies you know all of your life or whatever it's like such a different mm-hmm. thing because you're like going out to sea you know on tour on, on and on a ship on different kinds of ships all you mm-hmm. know through time and you're like experiencing so many problems and issues and drama and good things and amazing things you know it's it's, it's just a whole different relationship and i was just watching the uh the go-go's documentary
3: oh well, i just watched that last week too yeah that was really
2: inspiring i was just it it was but it's pretty
3: funny though like when you when you watch stuff like that though and you really realize like how most bands are like kind of the same like every band goes through like pretty much the same like behind the music stuff you know what i'm saying Um, yes yes from like like arguing over who wrote songs to like one person gets a drug addiction. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. a, <laughs> it's like, it's all, it's all like, wow. It's like, man, we're such a cliche of, of ourselves. It's sometimes it's funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. But, you know, it, I mean, you understand why that happens.
3: Oh, for sure. For sure. It's good. It's good for, I think it's good for other people to see too that aren't like in bands. Because uh, like I yeah. said, it, ring, it rings true yeah. to a lot of us, you know? Yeah, it was, it was really good though.
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, the, the the thing that really got me, though, I just loved it. It's just seeing them together in the end, you know, like just like getting yeah. back together after the drama, you know, and uh, and just sitting on stage doing the same old shit. And it was just so yeah. sweet. That was great.
3: Yeah. No, that is, that is a good feeling. Did you ever watch the, um, the Metallica one? The one where they... Where they were like making a record, and then they had like a like a counselor in there with them when they were recording. Oh shit, no, I didn't, I didn't,
2: I heard about it, but I never saw. Uh, it. Yeah. Is
3: it. Is it good to see dude, that? That one's it's good, but it's like hard to watch, like because it's it's like really cringy, like you know, a lot wow. of it. Shout out to them for like putting it out, you know what I mean? Because like if I was in the van and I watched it, I'd be like, oh dude, we can't put this out, you know what I mean? So like the <laughs> fact that the the, the the fact that they like put it out because like it's like. It shows them like you know, literally like not fighting, fighting, but like arguing in the studio. And then like they have a dude there who's supposed to like be like the guru or some way or whatever. And it's just like really weird, man. It's really uncomfortable at certain parts, but but definitely entertaining. I will say, well, I would say to, I I would say to check it out
2: for sure. Uh, well, yeah, I will. It's like I'll have to prepare myself <laughs> for that. So like the the new the new album. I, do you have videos for it? We have two that we recorded at the same time. So we have this
3: this guy who. He's like kind of like been a photographer, videographer who's been like touring with us pretty much everywhere we go and um he's been yeah. kind of filming us and stuff like that and we didn't really use any of that footage but we we realized that okay obviously we're not going to be able to get together in person um everybody lives in different cities so real quick I'm in Portland, Abe and Frank are in Sacramento still they they've been there pretty much since since back in the day. Stefan's in LA and Sergio lives in New York. So for us to get together, okay. it's like it's like one of those things where we have to um, really plan it out. Like, okay, we're all going to fly and we're going to meet here or there. Um, we still have a studio in Sacramento that we've had since the mid-90s. So lately we've been doing stuff there, like writing or rehearsing, whatever there. But even that was kind of sketchy because this was, I want to say this was even like a few months ago. And just like the last time we had seen each other we or we'd all been in the same room, we were rehearsing to go to Australia again, uh, ironically enough. Oh, um, and that was, I think, maybe it was March. And, like, the night before we were supposed to leave, like, yeah, the, the the tour was canceled. That was, like, I think that was, like, right when, like, uh, like basketball got canceled. Like, everything just, like, started getting shut down right around then. So, it was, like, oh, okay, this is serious. Like, you know, we're not going. And uh, we, had, we just spent, like, a week or so rehearsing to go out there. But that was the last time we'd seen each other. So, then, slowly but surely, like, everything was, like, you know, okay, oh, this might last a couple weeks. Oh, this might last a month. Oh, here's another month going by, whatever. And it— I'm sure you were, you were feeling the same way of just like, you know, are you still in New York? Where are you at?
2: No, I'm in LA.
3: Oh, okay. I think maybe in LA just too, maybe because stuff's more spread out. Maybe it wasn't as, I don't know. Um, I know like for Sergio, like he wouldn't, he didn't like leave his house for like, you know he was in New York and New York was really crazy. And like he, you know, he basically like was nervous to go get like groceries and stuff, you know? And I think we were all kind of like in that headspace for for a little bit. I mean, I think we kind of know what we're dealing with to l- a little bit more, at least. than then when when it was just like, yeah, you didn't want to touch anything that anybody else touched, and like super, whatever. So like, yeah. So it came down to yeah. um, to the video stuff, whatever. And we were like, yeah, we want to be nice to get together and do this, but like, no one wanted to like fly or 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 like you know get on a plane or, or do anything. So so we had our dude Clemente, who um, like I said, he he travels a lot, whatever. He he flew out to all of us individually. He went and got you know he got his, his COVID test, whatever, and then like. He came in and just filmed us all with, like, you know, a little backdrop and some and some lights. And, you know, with technology, just took it, you know, and uh, we had a couple different directors kind of uh, come in and um, to use that footage. And we made two videos out of the same little shoot, you know. And, yeah, I mean, the, you know, they're, they're both different. and I mean, obviously, I think maybe it could've, they could have been a little bit better had we been able to be together. But for some reason, it doesn't seem that way. I mean, they did a great job in, like, making it feel, I think, like we're, we were together, you know. Yeah. The last one dropped last week, uh, last Friday. Um, the new, the newer one, Genesis, and then, uh, yeah, and then tomorrow, the record comes out.
2: Yeah. So excited! I think the last time I made a record was like so, so, so long ago. Yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> what it's like to make one. Well, that's not true. I made an electronic album, but we make it so quickly that it's mm-hmm. it's just so quick. It's hard to t- know if you can count it as like it's not the same thing as sitting in the studio with like a bunch of musicians do you kind of
3: like, do it like how your live shows were like as far as like yeah. sort of just like kind of like off the top just like kind of start just like digging in and then yeah that's wild how yeah. you do that i, I always bug down <laughs> on that oh. it's funny you inspire <laughs> me i got i got like when i got back from australia i got like two of those um the green uh line six. Oh, line six Yo, because yeah. like you used to flip that thing dude and like the way your vocal would sound like you'd have this really cool slap thing that you did on there and i was like oh that i love that sound for one um, but just like a lot of the way yeah. that you, you manipulated that thing, like I just used it as a guitar pedal back in the day and I would just like, you know, I'd find one setting and then I'd record a whole song with it. Like you were like actually used it as like a like a piece of gear, you know, And actually your whole rig that you had set up. I remember just like staring at it going like, like, how the hell does he get all these sounds out of this? like, you know what I mean? The way, and, and then that fast, <laughs> it's like you have to remember. Like, you know, I'm sure you get used to it. I mean, as far as like knowing what knobs or what, whatever, but like, I'm not that tech savvy. So like when it comes to me and recording, I like to have like someone help me like set everything up. All my compressors, my effects, everything, make a chain. And then like if I have an idea, I just got to come in and like push the record button and then record it. Otherwise, it's like two sides of my brain. Like if I start going to like the technical side of it, I'm like whatever idea I had is long gone. And I'm just kind of like in another world, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of like that. Like if it's recording, I just need like an engineer there just because I, I want to stay in the creative zone. You know, I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, but the gear that I do have, I do know how to use that. And the, but the, I mean, it'd be the same thing as like, you know, a guitar. You know, mm-hmm. it's for me the line six or my, my six track looper um, mm-hmm. and reverb pedal and all that stuff. That's kind of like my version of a, an instrument. So I don't really okay. see that too much as a technical thing. So when you said, though, that you made an
3: electronic record, yeah. you mean that you used that stuff, but also you, like, used, like, some, like, what, like, synthesizers and, like, drum machines and stuff?
2: Yeah, well, I worked with, uh, do you know John Tejada? Sounds familiar. He's, like, a, a West Coast techno house, like, legendary producer. Like, he, okay. you know, he's up there with, like, CLAD and all the legends that you would hear, like, through the oh. 90s and, and so forth. Oh. And he okay. started in hip-hop, but... Anyways, he's badass. He does like this really amazing minimal techno albums, and uh, he's an incredible electronic producer. And so, I yeah, I was like a hit fan of his, and I joined up with him. Uh, we met each other at a party that he was performing at, a warehouse party that he was spinning at, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then we just hit it off. And so, basically, what happens is I just I go to his house, and we go into his studio, and we just have a mic set up, and um, he plays like a skeleton of a beat, and then. If I'm feeling something, I'll just, uh, start singing and I'll just sing over it a couple times and mm-hmm. that's that track. And then sometimes, sometimes I'll hear a bass line, and I'll put a baseline down with synthesizers, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, pad, orchestral pads, or I'll start a track with a drum beat and then he'll mm-hmm. add stuff on. So we just like do quick handoffs and then I sing, uh, super fast and then, uh, then we just move on to the next track, but that's how we make records. So they're, they're really, really fast, but it's, but it's because it's electronic.
3: What about the lyrics, though? Like, because I, I realized that you, you like super fast at lyrics. Like, you know, I've seen like obviously all your live shows where you, I can tell like, like you <coughs> like, you know, you'll be singing a lyric and it'll be about someone who's like in the room that you probably never met. I'm like, OK, he, he definitely wrote this right now. You know what I mean? Um, so like, do you do that same thing when you're doing you do or do you come up with, like melodies and then put the words to the melodies kind of thing?
2: Uh, no, in in that case, I'm just improvising So off the top of my head. So it's, you know, with Wahada, which is the name of the electronic project with John. All right, I'm going to look it up. It, yeah, check it out. It's a W-A-J-A-T-T-A. It's a okay. hybrid of both of our names, last names. Okay. But, yeah, so uh, with that project, you know, I'm just going for it. So a lot of it is kind of like fake languages, uh, gibberish. Sometimes, sometimes there's some clear... English ideas, but it's kind of like whatever it is, whatever comes out is what it is. Um, so there's not like, you know, I'm not sitting down and writing a narrative or anything like that um, or poetry in, in that sense. Uh, okay. But but it is like, you know, it's inspired by the moment and I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. my best to make it sound like something, Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense.
3: No, it does. It's it's awesome. I mean, I honestly, it's like a very organic way of, of writing. You know, it's like very much in that moment, which is yeah. it's pretty rad, it's pretty rad.
2: There's so many different ways of writing. And for me, it's definitely gotten more limited as I get older in the sense that, uh, you know, I really like just making stuff in the moment and just being cool with it and moving on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Because if, yeah. I, if I start spending too much time on something, I actually start to get really sleepy, and I start to fall asleep.
3: <laughs> but I would be interested to hear like something that you did like that, though. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Even if it's not like you know that you worked on it for twelve hours in a row, but like maybe wrote like wrote something and then like you know a week later come back and say, oh that's cool, but you know, and then refine yeah. it and refine it like you know because I, I can only what I'm saying is I can only imagine like where that could go. You know what I mean? Considering the only way I've seen you is just like like work super like. You know, right. in, in that quick way, I think I just can imagine how awesome it would be.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I could do something that, that sounds really nice and meaningful uh, if I was with the right producer, mm-hmm. because I can write stuff pretty fast. You know, I just need someone to, to assemble it as fast as I can create it. You gotcha. know? Um, and I, you know, I have a solo record from 2003 that, you know, I spent a lot of time on and I have, Five albums with my band Mock Tube from mm-hmm. Seattle days in the 1990s that we did like you know traditional like you know rehearsal space writing songs playing live going on tour then recording the album all that stuff. So are you
3: from are you are you from up there
2: from Seattle? W- well, I, I'm actually from Montana. Uh, okay. I grew up in Montana um, and then in Wait, 1990, what's it, what city? Great Falls. Okay. Not a lot of people know it. It's it's a uh, it's right in the middle of the state. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I'm from Great Falls and. Yeah, 1990. When I was uh, when I, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved to Seattle. Okay, so so I was in Seattle from '90 to 2003, and so okay. that, that was when wow. I, I played in million millions of bands. <laughs> so
3: so yeah, I mean I mean we spent a lot of time there during those years as well. I mean oh really? Yeah, I mean we recorded all our our first four records pretty much. Uh, actually, White, White Pony. We yeah, actually White Pony we did in Sausalito and then in Los Angeles, but all the the other ones the other uh, one two crazy four and some of five you know bad animal studio up there now studio yeah, x, or, or yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It became it became studio x i guess the, the heart sisters yeah, whatever used to own it yeah whatever. the
2: heart sisters yeah totally i've recorded there
3: yeah so we uh that's where terry date our producer um lives he still lives up there and um Same. and uh so yeah that was like you know us leaving sacramento and like going up there and like dude, those were good times i mean i used to skate all around that city and just like you know Like, I really, really fell in love with that city way back in the mid-90s. And then I think the last record that we did there at the time was the self-titled record in, like, 2003, I think. So that was probably probably around the same time that you moved away from there. So,
2: yeah, we were probably running the streets at the same time. Man, that's so crazy. Yeah, because I remember uh, rocking White Pony um, Mm -hmm. when it came out. I had that shit so blasted in my Subaru DL a sedan (laughs) it's just like rolling around and just rocking that shit with a 12 disc changer in the trunk (laughs) this show is brought to you by patreon
1: who ask creators are you tired of being paid in clicks and likes social media and streaming platforms help people find your work but getting you paid is another story With Patreon, you can stop rolling the dice of ad revenue and per stream payouts and grow your creative career through the direct support of the people who care the most, your fans. Since Patreon is built for creators, not advertisers, you'll skip the middleman and develop a sustainable income source by offering a recurring membership to your fans. In turn, they'll get access to exclusive community, premium content, and the chance to become active participants in the work they love the creative system is broken. So if you're a podcaster, video maker, musician, writer, illustrator, a creative person of any kind, sign up on patreon.com now. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. And change the way your creativity is valued by building the steady income stream you deserve.
3: Yo, I wanted to ask you about something else. Yeah, I remember when when we were down in Australia, you were the first person I actually saw with uh, the little foldaway bikes. Oh yeah. So I wanted to ask like, do, do you for one, do you still ride? Do you still ride bikes? Because I would see you just, i just like vamping around town on that thing, and I'd be like, yo. But I also remember like being on the plane with you, and you like folded up and like put it in like on the plane and stuff, and I'd just be like, yo, that's dope. <laughs> like, like, but you were the first person I saw I saw with one of those. Do You still have that, or do, you, or do you still ride bikes in general?
2: You know, I don't. I don't ride bikes as much. um, Well, hardly. I mean, I have a couple e-bikes now, and I still have one of my Bromptons. But I gave one of my Bromptons. That's that folding bike. Uh I gave one away to one of my coworkers at CBS, um, and she rides it every day. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's been a while because you know I was traveling a lot, and I wanted to. You know, for that tour especially, I wanted to stay. You know, in shape. You know, I was just looking for something really small because in New York, I just didn't want to lock my bike up. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to worry about my bike all the time. You know, I go in to like have coffee with someone and I'm like locking my bike up and hoping, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's still there when I get back. So instead I was like, well, what if I just had a bike I could just put under the table when I'm having coffee? And I I know exactly where it is. So I started rocking it there. And then when the tour came along, I I thought, man, maybe I could figure out a huge case, you know, to put my flight case. And I figured it out. Just made it happen, and it was fun to, you know, ride from the hotel to the gig every day on that tour. Mm-hmm. It was just a blast. Yeah. Um, but uh, now I mainly rock. I uh, have an e-bike made by Super 73, this crew out of— Oh, uh, I know
3: that one. is like the little mini bike kind of one. with the Yeah. T- which which one do you have? Because I've been trying to yeah, get one. I have three of them. Some people will say, like, to e-bikes in general, I mean, I ride, like, mountain bikes and and road bikes, all, any kind of bike. I just love bikes, but um, especially on, on mountain yeah. bikes, people are like, you know, you know, do the e-bike, you're cheating, blah, blah, But But it's like, yo, I can, no. I'll, I'll ride way farther than I would on my regular mountain bike. So I'm still riding, like, you know what I mean? And it's still exercising, like, you're tripping, it's dope.
2: No, it's fun. Once people get on them, it's like the same thing with, like, electric cars and shit. You know, everyone's just like, oh, no, man. It's like, whoa. And, and then they then they try it out, and they're like, oh, shit, this is dope. You know, get guaranteed someone on a scooter, a gas scooter, that's just like, yeah. you know, like, it barely has yeah. any torque. And then they get on an electric scooter, and they're like, holy shit. It's just... Yeah. It's a game changer, but I, you know, I, I like the e-bikes. I think that they're cool and I think they're great to like just zip around and take care of shit or just have fun. Or like, you know, if you want to like take it in your car, you know, and you know, if you're going down to the beach or whatever, yeah. um, go check out the Goonie rocks or whatever and go and just like rip it up on the beach. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I love bikes, but you know, an e-bike is just, you know, it's, it's different. I th- I just approach them differently. Like if I was living out in more rural, I'd probably ride a bike. Uh, Just a straight Mm -hmm. up bike. You know, in the city, it just feels like you have a little bit more of a feel safer in a way. Uh You know, because you got disc brakes and, you know, and you got power to get out of a situation if you need to and that type of shit. So um, I like it. And it just looks it looks cool.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It looks like a little mini bike. Reminds me of, like, those... Like, these dudes, when I was a, a kid, like, all the Cholos in my neighborhood, they would, like, ha- they'd have those little bikes, like, mini bikes that were, like, basically had, like, a lawnmower engine in, the like, the middle compartment. Yeah. Just bas- they looked basically just like those Super 73s, but, like, you know, gas-powered by, like, lawnmower chainsaw engines. And, no, like, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the ones that, like, they had, too, like, no brakes, like, straight up, just, like, me around the neighborhood. I'd be like, yo. It was crazy. <laughs> but, uh... I just love bikes. Like I could sit and talk about bikes forever. Um, I, bicycles I get, or, or bicycles in general. But um, I've never. Mm-hmm. I, I've had. I had one motorcycle. I was walking down this little main street in Snohomish, and it was in an antique store in the window, and it looked so cool. It looked like like kind of a smaller version of like a you know like a old '60s kind of like you know James Dean style like motorcycle whatever. And I was like, and I walked inside, and uh, oh yeah, and like I, a
2: cafe racer.
3: Yeah, it's total like cafe racer style bike. And I bought it out of the window, like just as is. And I and I tried to ride it back to Woodenville and I got a flat tire. And then and like and then, and then uh I, I got it, you know, going and I, I used to ride it a little bit, but it usually just sat in my garage and eventually I, I I got rid of it. But um yeah. But my wife's not too down with me having a motorcycle. So I, I just, I'm just kinda like, you know, whatever. And I like bikes I and mean, bicycles like a yeah. lot more anyways. She's actually doesn't like me buying any more bicycles either, because she's like, How many bikes do you need? And I'm just like uh, you know, you got you, you, different bikes for different things. You know,
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, well, uh huh, uh huh. So you know, different occasions. Yeah. yeah. So you so you're you're like a BMX cat. You no, like I BMX mean, I, I did I did grow up
3: BMXing, uh, but not like you know, not really like doing tricks or nothing like that. But just like you know, that was like how I got around the yeah, hood. just dirt biking. Yep, dirt biking. We made little jumps and stuff like in the fields by our house. But that, and then um, when mountain bikes first came along, I was like. Uh, you know, I loved them. Yeah. But uh now, now the technology is so rad on them. So like and then I when I lived in Bend, like there's tons of trails and they were literally like, you know, three minutes from my house, the, the trailheads. So that was really cool um doing that. But I also like road bike and I have a and I like like vintage steel like frame old school road bikes. So I collect, you know, I got a couple of those, but the bike I probably ride the most now is I have like a specialized hybrid bike. And it's sort of like it has the flat bars kind of like a um, like a mountain bike, but it's like a road bike, you know, thin tires. And it's it's carbon. Yeah. So it's like super light. I live actually in this city called Lake Oswego. And it's uh, like nine miles south of Portland. Oh, wow. and there's a there, there's a big lake. And I, I like, yeah, that's my, my thing is I'll just ride around the lake. It's like seven mile loops, not that that, that big, but um. It's super light and I can ride in and out of traffic and not feel sketchy. You know, obviously, disc brakes and everything. So it's like, you know, I, I really have good control of it. So, uh, but so that's probably the yeah. bike that I
2: ride, I ride the most. I, I love like super lightweight bikes. Like there's nothing more sexier than just like a super high tech, you know, like hyper lightweight carbon and titanium, man. <laughs> that's, that's the way I wanted someone to make a, a carbon fiber and titanium Brompton. Uh, that English
3: oh, yeah, falling yeah. bike oh yeah because then that'd be yeah that'd be super Oof, trans- transportable would be
2: so crazy because they're, they're like you know the one I had that I was I was on tour with back at Big Day Out that was like I don't know it was like their lightest bike and I, I had like a titanium aftermarket titanium seat post and titanium forks to kind of get rid of some weight but they could really like someone could go to town they could do like a special hyper lightweight version of that bike and it would just man that would just yeah. kill They
3: should, they should. I mean, I was totally inspired by you by that time because I literally, the next time I went down to Australia and I think like the whole trip we kind of did the South Pacific or whatever, um, you know, went to Japan, do everything. So like I took one of my bikes and I bought a big ass case. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it was like a, it was like an older like Thule case or something like that, whatever. But it was like, the case yeah. itself was too it was heavy enough. So like every plane I got on, I had to pay extra, like Ugh. just cause it, it was like past the weight thing by like, you know, a few pounds, whatever. So like, I would have to pay like 70 bucks to like 150 bucks every little jaunt you know, to go, to go on. And you know, in Australia, it's like when you're touring, you're flying pretty much to every show. Yes, um, yeah. So So yeah, I kept getting charged for it. So like, I was like, damn it. But I was inspired by you because, like, that was the coolest thing to, like, look out my hotel window and, and see Reggie just, like, just straight
2: up just, like, on your bike, just rolling out. I'd be like,
3: dude, I want to do that. <laughs>
2: that was tough, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a trip for me. I, I, I loved it. I like, you know, going for it. You know, if there's, like, something that we're, most people would be like, nah, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I'm like, no, no, I want to know, if you know, what it's like to, yeah. to to just commit and just go for it.
3: What I always explain to people with the coolest thing is, like, like how many times have you been to a city and then you've been there, but you never really, like, peeped it out? It's like you went to the venue, you went mm-hmm. to the hotel. Maybe you might have went to some restaurant or some, someone, like, told you to mm-hmm. go to, like, to get the best right. chicken wings or something or whatever. I don't know. But, but, like, yeah. but to have a bike and, like, ride through cities and, like, make your own sort of venture through however, it's like— I don't know, I really like I really probably saw more of each city and in in different places by having a bike because it's like you're actually wheels to the ground like you're exploring. Yeah. And so like like that's so much fun to me. I usually get up when I'm say like, you know, we're playing a show. I usually I'm usually the first one up. I get up super early on the bus. I go in the venue before everybody's in there, I take a shower, set up my dressing room stuff, whatever, and then I'll get my get on my bike and I'll just like pretty much ride around until sound check, which is usually, I don't know, three or four o'clock, but I'll just Cruise around. I mean, you know, look up, okay, what record stores are around here, what, uh, what like cool breweries are here, what, you know, cafes or whatever, and just like ride my bike there. And sometimes it's, you know, it could be a little far, but it's great exercise, like you said. And, um, it's just, I, I yeah. just, I feel way more connected. Like, you know, then I, when I'm playing the show that night and I'm singing to a crowd of people, I feel like I have more of a, I know it sounds a little corny, but I feel like I have more of a connection to like the city that I'm in that I kind of, it's a better vibe. I don't know. It's just, It's a little less faceless or whatever. I just feel, like, a little bit more connected,
2: I guess, you know? That was the thing that I loved about it. It's just, like, I got to ride, and I got to get a sense of people and where you're at as opposed to just, like, drop in, hang out at the hotel, get in the car, go to the gig, rock the gig, and then get in the car and then fly out the next day, you know? Which sometimes can be—if you're doing a lot of dates, sometimes you just don't—you don't have the time, and you just need to rest, but— but, why not make the effort? you know, yeah,
3: for sure, for sure. Are you uh,
2: is there anything that you're working on right now, like music wise or any uh, projects? Well, uh, you know I, I got my app that uh, came out called WhatsApp. okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what's the what's the premise of it? What is, what's it's it's just like it's just like my own app. It's like my own kind of multimedia channel, I guess you could say. okay. It just has like my videos. I mean, it's available on iOS and Android right now. I can you know upload text pictures. There's live streaming capability, uh, and then I have my store on there where I sell all my old gear <laughs> and uh, oh. uh, kind of like my own Craigslist. Okay. And then I can also do some geolocational stuff too, which is kind of these games where I can like actually attach a piece of media to a specific location. You know, so you have to like go to the corner of so and so and so and so and so in this city to hear the new single. Okay. You know that kind of a thing.
3: I'm about to download
2: it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, It's weird. It's like if you put in WhatsApp, it doesn't come up. If you put in WhatsApp, by Reggie Watts or just Reggie Watts, it'll show up. And it's free. And there's no tracking. So there's no tracking. There's no social element to it. So it's just kind of a a fun, like, what you you see is what you get type of thing.
3: All right. I love it. Well, shit, man. Oh, here it is right here. WhatsApp by Mm -hmm. Reggie Watts. Get. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a... In app purchases that I gotta do? I'm just
2: kidding. No, no, I don't believe in that bullshit. Um, the The only thing that you buy is just stuff that's on the store. That's it. That's correct. And even like I'm making t-shirts too, and they're all limited. There's gonna be a nutritional label. I love that. What's happening? What's up? (laughs) Okay, here you are. You're already you're already talking to me. I
3: gotta turn it off. I got you talking to me in two different ears right now. But that's rad, man. Well cool man. Shit, it
2: was good it was very good catching up with you. Yeah, it was good catching up with you too, man.
3: I am not sure when the next time I am gonna be down in LA. Um I hope sooner than later. But whatever. But uh yeah, maybe I'll hit you up. I'd love to you know, to see you in person at some point.
2: Yeah, man. That would be so cool. Yeah, I know it'll it'll happen. I mean I know that something's gonna figure itself out and hopefully we'll get out playing shows again, you know. I, I could definitely need to come see a Deftone show for sure soon. Need to need to energize the people. <laughs> right on, right
3: on. Well, cool. Thanks for chatting, man. I kind of feel like I'm sorta of like the host right now of the damn podcast because I, <laughs> I was gonna get ready to go to a commercial break right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chino Moreno, Reggie Watch, thank you so much for joining us here on the Talk House podcast. Make sure to tune in for upcoming episodes. I'm talking about Tegan and Sarah in conversation with one of my favorite current bands, actually out of your city of Chicago, Josh, Dead, as well as Fish's Mike Gordon with guitar virtuoso Leo Kotke and so many more episodes that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Dope shit coming down the line.
0: You can find TalkHouse on all your favorite social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all
1: at Talkhouse. Thanks to Reese Higgins for research on this episode. Our producer is Mark Yoshizumi, and the Talk House theme song was composed and performed by the range. Till next week, I'm Ellie Einhorn. I'm Josh Modell. Peace. And bikes, of course. <laughs>